What a privilege to know that we can leave our burdens with him. In fact, he asks us to do that. I don't know about you, but I don't find an awful lot of places that encourage me to leave my junk with them. Take stuff to the, to the dump, as we used to call it, you have to pay. And Jesus just says, leave it with me. Whatever it may be, whatever it is. And what a privilege to be able to do that, as well as to understand that we can let others know the same thing. You know, this whole thing, this race car theme that we're doing for VBS. Just seeing how many of you fell asleep from breakfast. Is all about Jesus. It's pointing kids to Jesus. And so they can point mom and dad and grandpas and grandmas and aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters to Jesus. Just like we're supposed to be doing. And all of it is about him. The work and the trouble that's gone in. The hundreds of hours that have already been spent in preparation, planning, practicing and decorating. For a two-night thing is all worth it if the kids are pointed to Jesus. So be praying for that. Be praying for connections to be made. Starting with their connection with Christ and also hopefully some connections with families in our church. I was thinking this week as we were traveling about a, a... kids game that was called Barrel of Monkeys. Anybody remember that game? It was an annoying little game for two reasons. One, the monkeys rarely stayed in the barrel, so it was kind of a misnomer of a name, barrel, Monkeys in a Barrel. But the other part was that some of us weren't very good at it. Okay, I wasn't very good at it. But you see, the purpose of the game is you you took the top off and you reached in and got a hold of one of the monkeys and all of them were posed in some funny way that I never saw any monkey in the zoo or in our trips to Africa ever posed that way. But they were little plastic monkeys posed in this way and you would pick the first one up and then you had to try to hook another one. And without breaking the chain, you had to dangle it down and get another one. And the goal was to get them all up on this chain, all these monkeys in one chain, all connected together. And as soon as one of those monkeys broke connection with the next one, game over. So why were you thinking about that? I think about strange things when I'm driving. But I was thinking about it because this morning we're taking a look at the fact that it's time to be connected. And just like in that game, whenever the connection gets broken, it's game over. The same thing's true in life, especially with Christ. We're to stay connected. And he designed us not just so that we would be connected to him, but so that we would be connected to one another. And in fact, he didn't stop there, but he has called us and commissioned us to make sure we are connecting with those around us. And it's about eternity. 
not a game. Connection matters. If you have your Bibles or looking at your Bible on your devices, I invite you to turn with me in the back half of the book, the New Testament, the book of Hebrews. Looking at Hebrews chapter 10, beginning at verse 19 through verse 25. Part of this is, is familiar, but it is this idea of understanding what we have in Christ, what's been offered to us, what's available to us, and then how we are to connect with each other. Follow along with me if you would. Hebrews chapter 10, beginning of verse 19, and I'm reading from the English Standard Version. It says, Therefore, brothers, since we have confidence to enter the holy places by the blood of Jesus, by the new and living way that he opened for us through the curtain that is through his flesh. And since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. And let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. Connection. It's time to be connected, and it starts with our connection with Christ. That's the first and greatest connection that we need to have is a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You see, without that connection to Christ, you're lost. Just like in the monkeys in a barrel, when that connection is broken, you've lost. We need to be connected to Christ and see how many others we can get to make that same connection. Not manipulating, but loving them into that connection. Not tricking, but sharing the love of Jesus so that they make that connection. And the interesting thing is, verse 23 um, tells us, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. What it really means is this is to be a continual connection. We're to connect and keep connecting. We're to get connected and stay connected. And some days you just hang on for dear life. But here's the greatest part of that connection. It's not one way. It's not just us reaching out and connecting to him. It's him reaching down and holding us. Because on some of those times we go, I just can't do it anymore. He still has you. <laughs> I don't know about you, but that encourages me. Because there are days, right? And you go, I don't know if I can hold on. There are days that when the day is done, I look back and say, I didn't hold on very well today. But he's still got me. We need to check that connection and make sure it's as it should be. Our greatest connection is with Christ. And he has made this so available. It is an open path to this connection. That's what's being referred to in the scripture in verse 20. By the new and living way that he opened for us. That's Christ. Through the curtain that is through his flesh. 
explained this at Easter time about the fact that in the, the tabernacle, the Holy of Holies, there was this huge curtain, very decorative curtain that was thick. And it was uh, on one side, anybody could be. And on the other side, only whatever priest was on duty at that time, usually the high priest, and they could only go in there generally once a year, and they had to purify and prepare themselves to go in there to meet face-to-face with God. And yet when Jesus Christ went on the cross for you and me, when he died on the cross, that curtain was open, not pushed back, torn apart from the top to the bottom. So it couldn't have been mistaken that one of the priests just said, let's make this open. It was God himself who opened it. And because of that, as scripture says, we now have an open path to him. We don't have to go through anybody else. You don't have to go through me to get to him. Yeah, that's worth an amen. And I don't know about you, but I'm like, I'm glad you don't. But I'm glad I can go straight in. And so can you. Right to him. We have this available to us. The curtain is open because of Christ's death. The ultimate sacrifice on your behalf and on mine. Because of that, we have direct access to God the Father. The one who created the universe, created you and me. You have direct access to him. You don't ever get one of those weird signals. This number is no longer in service. You have direct access. You don't have to remember some fancy code or number or password. Oh, passwords are going to be the death of me someday. I'm tempted. I haven't done it yet. But I'm tempted to change all my passwords online to the word incorrect. Because have you noticed if you type one in and it's not correct, the next thing it comes up and says, this password is incorrect. So if I made my passwords incorrect, I would get a reminder every time. Some of you have done that, haven't you? (laughs) We don't have to worry about that. We have direct access to him. And we are told to draw near, to get close to him. But the good news is he's getting close to you. You don't have to... Play hide and seek. You don't have to go find him. He is here. We have access to him. We're to come running to him. But guess what? He's running to you. Not away from you. Even if you're running away from him. You can come running to him. Crawling to him. Whatever it takes. See, we come to him and surrender and sacrifice our hearts, our minds. Our bodies, our time, our resources for his use. And we don't have to understand it all to come to him. That's a misnomer, a lie of Satan that you've got to figure it out before you can say yes to him. No. You say yes because he's already figured it out and he's got you. You just come on in. Go through that opening that's been provided for you. We don't have to surrender it all to surrender it all. We don't have to understand it all to surrender it all. No matter what or where we are, no matter what our past is, no matter what our fears are, we have open access. That's the most important connection. And if you haven't made that connection, whether you're here or tuning in online, start there. Just discount the rest of this message and take care of that right now. 
saying yes to him because he's already said yes to you. No matter who you are, where you are, or what you've done, he loves you. And there's a path for you. But you see, the connection goes beyond that. Because this connection includes others who are connected to Christ. That's part of the one another that we see all over the New Testament. We're to be connected to one another. Verse 21, since we have a great priest over the house of God, let us draw near with true heart, in full assurance of faith, with our hearts sprinkled clean from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope. That means holding on to what we know to be true, what we have heard, what we have seen, what we're trusting as we believe. We need to make that connection with one another. Verse 24 says, let us consider, and it literally means let us keep on considering. Not just an occasional commitment or command, but an ongoing continual commitment and command to him and to each other. But you see, to be connected to one another requires presence. We have to have contact to make connection. We need each other. We need to worship together, to serve together, to give together, to pray together, to live alongside one another. Oh, I, I love the fact that we have our services online and people can tune in when they can't get here. But it is not the same as being here or somewhere like we were last week with others who believe as well. There's something about that. It makes that connection more powerful. It's what we've been called to do. It requires your presence. It also requires your passion to stay connected to one another. Passionless faith is not really faith. In fact, I think it's a contradiction of terms to put passion in the same sentence with faith. Passionless faith is not faith. Passionless relationship is not really a relationship. I mean, who wants that? Not just emotion, but intimacy. Not just being together, but having something where there is a longing for that relationship. You see, passionless love, which I'm not sure is even possible... In our marriages, in our families, in our friendships, and in our churches is of little or no value. There needs to be that passion for Christ and because of and through Christ for one another. The world is desperately looking for places and people who have a passion to connect because we live in a very disconnected world even though we claim that these keep us connected and there are ways to do it and we can make connections we can have contact with our kids and grandkids in Africa and I love these things and I hate these things because we substitute connection for connection 
You see, to have connection requires a presence. It requires the passion. And it also requires your participation. That's service. Serving one another. Commitment requires service. If you're committed, you will serve. It requires something more than the casual, but the commitment to stay connected to him and to each other. I love the fact that there are dozens and dozens of you who have already participated in VBS and will be participating this week. And some of you who can't physically do it are participating by praying. But our connections to one another, just like our connection with God, requires participation. It requires something other than just showing up. You have to understand the trip I mentioned that Jody and I took this week. We hadn't seen our kids and grandkids who moved to New York to plant a church. We hadn't seen them in a year since they moved there. And you may not be aware of this, and I'm going to be in trouble for saying it out loud, but Jody was having some back and leg pain and, I mean, like really hurting. So like, should we make it or not? We're going. And about halfway out, at one of the stops we made, she was in so much pain. I said, maybe we just need to turn around and go back. They'll understand. She said, I don't think so. We got in the car and she got a text from two of her granddaughters that simply said, can't wait to see you. I've missed you. The next words out of Jody's mouth was a directive to me. She said, we are not turning around. What if you had that same passion for your connection to God and to each other? I'm not giving up. I'm not giving in. I'm going through. Easy? No. No good relationship is. Worth it? Absolutely. We've got to be connected starting with him and with one another. And this connection with him and with each other then should be motivating us to share with others who don't even know him yet. Verse 23 through 25, let us hold fast the confession of our hope, that connection with Christ. Verse 24, let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good deeds. Our culture knows how to stir up, but it forgets the last part of that verse. To stir one another up to love and good deeds. One of my themes in ministry has been love, hope, and forgiveness. Love, acceptance, and forgiveness. Because the world needs that. So do I and so do you. We've got to have that passion and that should be what motivates us. Our relationship with Christ and with each other should be what motivates us to share with others. 
And verse 25 says, not neglecting to meet together as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another. And all the more as you see the day drawing near, one of the greatest things about getting together is the encouragement in seeing each other and having people just be there with you. And we need to do better. I wholeheartedly confess that. We need to do better at encouraging one another, recognizing and acknowledging one another, not letting anybody slip in and slip out without us making some touch or contact to them. But there is just something about coming together. And that connection should be what motivates us, starting with him, with one another, and to others. And if you're going to do that, make that connection to those who don't yet know Christ, you're going to have to share your story. It doesn't have to be complicated. I'm working on, on a message about doing that. And something that I, I heard at our General Assembly, a guy called it the seven-word testimony. Going back, and I mentioned this one other time, to the individual who was Jesus healed from blindness, and they were asking him about him. He said, I don't know anything about the guy. I just know I was blind, and now I see. You don't have to be a theologian. I was an addict. Now I'm not. I was lost. Now I'm found. I was miserable. Now I have joy. Whatever it may be, whatever your story is, share your story. People need to hear it. They think they're the only ones going through what they're going through. And when somebody shares their story, there is always somebody else who either physically or mentally raises their hand and says, me too. That's my story. I didn't know anybody else went through that. We're to be motivated to share with others. Share your story. Secondly, share your time. Time equals love. If you don't have time for somebody, you probably don't love them. I'm not talking about those seasons in life that happen where we're just busy with good stuff. I'm talking about the willingness to spend time. It's a powerful thing. I worked for, for six months during an interim period at one time while I, was, while I sat out a year of college working for a social service agency where I was in charge of 30 nursing home and retirement homes visitation. I was responsible to recruit people, train people, and to visit myself. And what I did is the first time I went to each of those places, I walked in, got the tour, all that stuff, and then I asked whoever I could in the facility Who's somebody who doesn't have anybody visiting them? And that's who I started visiting. I still, this was a long time ago. I still remember some of those relationships and those stories. I still remember walking into the room, introducing myself, and said, I heard maybe you could need somebody to visit with, talk with. And watch the change in their expression. The change in their face. One of the places, and one of my favorites of all time, was a place that, it, it was a guy, the person in charge who was talking to me, named a couple of people, and said, well, this one guy, he loves to play pool, but hardly anybody else around here is even capable, and, and uh, he, he, you know, he really misses that. I said, well, I stink at it, but I'll play. And so I, I remember walking in his room, waking him up. <laughs> he, was, he, was, he was doing the restful 
thing where I'm not asleep, but I am, you know, in the chair. He was checking his eyelids for holes. And um, I introduced myself and I said, hey, I, I heard you need somebody to play pool with. He didn't say a word to me. He stood up, walked over, got a little case, waved at me and walked me down the hall to a dark room, turned the light on, and there was a pool table. We had to take the cover off, dust on it, break him out and start playing, and he cleaned me. But after we played the game, he started to smile. And every week after that, when I would show up, he'd say, let's go. And then the second guy started showing up, and then the third guy started showing up, and then the fourth guy, all up making fun of me and how bad I was, and then trying to teach me how to play. But it all started with saying, who needs somebody? So let me ask you, who around you needs somebody? Just to listen. Just to show up. Just to smile at, to say hi. How are you? We've got to make those connections with one another. It requires our time, and we need to share our compassion. The compassion we're to have because of our love for Christ, we need to share that around here, in this place, and around us individually, love, hope, and forgiveness is available. I put love, acceptance, and forgiveness offered here. First church I was pastoring, we got a new sign. Put that thing up. We were on a highway, and I had somebody pull in one day, walk in, and I said, you know, hey, can I help you? And the guy said, is that true? I said, you got to help me. I, I, is what true? He goes, your sign. And I'm going, what, what did I put on the sign this week? I don't remember. He said, love, acceptance, and forgiveness offered here. Is that true? I said, yeah, sure, try to make it true. He said, well, I need some of that. Sat down and talked and started a relationship. But this guy, a random person who drove in off the highway. How much more if we were doing that individually, where we work, in our community, in our own homes, in our own family, just letting them know, man, I love you. I'm here for you to share our time and our compassion with them. For you see, we are called to connect with those who don't yet know Christ. It's a calling. Look at the Great Commission, Matthew 28, verses 16 through 20. It commands us and commissions us for this. This connection needs to be motivated by love. And one of the things the Lord's been convicting me of is how much do you really love? Because if you loved you, you can fill in your own blank. What am I motivated by? It needs to be my love for Christ, which means my love for others. Because loving Christ means I love others. And it doesn't mean to be like them. It means to impact and influence them toward Christ. And you don't have to have all the answers. You don't need to know all the terms. You just need to go this way. <laughs> Follow me as I'm trying to figure this out. Let's stumble together toward Christ. Football, there's a saying for anybody who has the ball in their hand, if you're going to fall, fall forward. You're going to gain ground even if you're falling down as long as you're going forward. Same thing's true in following Christ. Even if I'm struggling, I just got to make sure I'm struggling forward. 
Even if I'm stumbling, I got to make sure I'm stumbling forward. And if we did that together, we'll stand up a little longer. But it's time to be connected, starting with Christ. So how is your connection with Christ? How's your connection with other followers of Christ? How is that, the one another's? How's your connection with those who don't even know Christ? You just hook the first one and hold on. And then you can catch another one. Oh, we're not trying to catch them. We're trying to connect with them. Who do you need to connect with this week so that you can keep that going? Jesus, thank you for connecting with us. Thank you for doing everything possible that we can have access to you, to your word, to your love, to your call. Thank you, Lord, that though we don't understand it, you have called and commissioned us, every one of us, to follow you and to connect with others. Lord, may you start being very specific in our hearts and minds of how you want us to connect. And Lord, for anyone who's in here this morning that hasn't started that connection with you, I pray they'd have the courage to do it right now. Any of those tuning in online today or later this week, I pray that they would have the courage right then, right where they are, to make that connection to you. And then, Lord, I pray, oh, I plead that we would be connected to one another and together connect to those around us who don't even know you. Lord, help us to point them to the open path to you. Help us to link on to them so that we can help take them to you. Lord, we need these connections with you, with one another, and our world needs us to connect to it. Give us courage this week. May our VBS this weekend be a shining example of those connections. And may it just multiply from there. Lord, I plead these things in the name of Jesus that we speak over everything. May we go from here connecting, connected, and seeking more connections. In Jesus' name, amen.